Girl, you just don't know how special you are. God gave you a personality, a heart filled with his grace and his favor. When people see you, they see a light. They see something special. They see the anointing of God himself. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you if you are a saved, blood-bought believer. And God is calling you with the extra anointing to go in the places that no one has been able to go in and to reach the people that no one is able to reach. You're not good at the things that you're good at for no reason. There's a purpose placed in you by the creator of the universe. Welcome to We Got This Girl podcast. My name is Patrice, and this is day three of the Esther Bible reading challenge. All right, so if you have gone out of order (laughs) and you're listening to day three, I really do encourage you to go back to day one because I've already like gone into what we're doing. So I don't want to waste people's time that um, like know what's up, know what we're doing. We're reading Esther for multiple different reasons. So we're going to go ahead and get started because y'all. When I was reading over chapter three, I was like, whoa, this is deep. Okay. And I'm excited to talk about it. So, uh, Esther chapter three. Okay. Esther chapter three. I'm reading from the NIV. Haman's plot to destroy the Jews. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, son of Hamdatha, the Agite elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. Then the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day, they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated, for he had told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Verse 6. Yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. In the twelfth year of King Xerxes, in the first month, the month of Nisan, the prayer that is the lot, was cast in the presence of Haman to select a day and month. And the lot fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, there is a certain people dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom who keep themselves separate. Their customs are different from those who are all other people, and they do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them, and I will give 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury. Verse 10. 
So the king took his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, son of Hamdatha, the Agai, the enemy of the Jews. Keep the money, the king said to Haman, and do with the people as you please. Verse 12. Then on the 13th day of the first month, the royal secretaries were summoned. They wrote out in the script of each province and in the language of each people all Haman's orders to the king's satraps, the governors of the various provinces, and the nobles of the various people. These were written in the name of King Xerxes himself and sealed with his own ring. Dispatches were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces with the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and children, on a single day, the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so they would be ready for that day. The couriers went out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. The king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was bewildered. Don't compromise. When we look at chapter three, it convicted me so much, y'all. In my mind, these are just the quick, like real questions, real questions that I had. Not saying that this is what I thought should have happened, but this is the questions that I was really like talking to God about. The first thing that popped up in my mind was all Mordecai had to do was bow down, right? But that wasn't the definition of saving the Jews. There's two different things that could have happened. He could have bowed down to Haman and saved the Jews, quote unquote, or he could or he could be unwavering to his beliefs and stand firm. And God say, because you chose me, I have a plan already set in place. Remember, chapter two came before chapter three. Esther was already queen. She had already been made queen and taking the former queen's place. Which now we see the connection of why Mordecai said, don't mention about your heritage or about your nationality. The places that God is calling us to, we're going to have more decision making. You know, things are going to seem I I truly do believe that there are going to be some spaces where, mm, okay, this is right, this is wrong. But then there's also going to be some gray areas. And we have to know what we believe in and what our boundaries are for Jesus and what we are convicted about. And because I believe we will choose God each and every time, there will be aftermath or effects because of choosing God. I think another part of this, because I think this was so much deeper than Mordecai not bowing down to Haman. Haman was offended. He was offended. People are going to be offended by your strength. 
people are going to be offended by your anointing. Have you ever like come across someone where they just did not like you? And for the life of you, you can't figure out why. You can't figure out what you did to them. You don't even know the person for real. You don't know what it, the, the spirit that operates in them does not like they are in conflict with themselves when you come around. I'm not telling you what I think I know. I'm not even telling you what I believe. I'm telling you what people, women of God who've been walking with God for decades have told me. Patrice, when you come around, people are conflicted. There's something in the Holy Spirit in you and whatever's operating in them, it, it makes them uneasy. It makes them uncomfortable. People can see that that was way before. I, I'm like, well, for what? Because <laughs> to know me is to know, like, I'm a girl's girl. Like, I'm like, hey, girl, what's up? Da, 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 da. Like, I'm going to talk to anybody. I'm an introvert. But I can make friends with anybody. Like, it, it just, I don't think about it like that. So I'm telling you, you have an anointing and the reason why you go into these spaces and people are uncomfortable, people don't want to talk to you, people feel like you're isolated a lot of times, people don't invite you, you get left out of invitations. Girl, it is not just because they don't like you. (laughs) You have an anointing. You have a strength. You have a righteousness about you. You have a favor about you. So when Mordecai decided not to bow down to Haman, in Mordecai's mind, his is, I'm not bowing down to you. (laughs) He had a strength to make his own decision. Now, here's the thing. Do I believe that Mordecai was the only Jew at those gates when they had to bow down to Haman? No. The scripture doesn't say that he was or was not, but I don't believe that he was the only Jew. Everyone around him was bowing down but Mordecai because he stands out in scripture. If there were other people who weren't bowing down, they didn't mention it. But scripture says that Mordecai didn't bow down and the guards asked him. So if you see everybody bowing down and then you see this one man that's just standing like, what's up? He's going to stand out. So Mordecai. Was I, I, this is just me. It's not in the scripture. I don't know. But I do believe that there were other people around him who were Jews that bowed down to Haman. There are going to be other believers around you that's not going to understand why you're doing the things that you're doing and why God has called you to do the things that he's called you to do. But just like we talked about in chapter two, the Holy Spirit is wanting us or not chapter two, chapter one, the Holy Spirit is wanting us to obey now. The word that God, you know, uh, wanted me to release that every single assignment counts. Every single assignment counts. There are going to be believers, people who you look up to, who they're not going to they're not going to agree or understand what you're doing in God. It's not for them to. That's why I'm such a firm believer of people having their own relationship with God, because for years I had a relationship with God through other people. I had to go and get advice from disciplers and all these different people. When I can go to God myself, that's why he died. That's why Jesus died on the cross. 
and was raised from the dead and now sits at the right hand of the Father and gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit through his sacrifice. I don't have to go to other people. It's great to have community. That's not what I'm saying. But we have to know what we believe in. We have to know what our convictions are. And we have to know how to go to God for ourselves and seek out, Lord, here I am. What is it that you would have me to do? And when you see what that is, be unshakable with it. Be unmovable. Because when it's from when it's from God, it comes with peace. It's going to line up with the word of God. So if you're doing something that doesn't line up with the word of God, it doesn't come with peace. It's not from God. So I'm not talking about be unmovable in sin or be unmovable in defiance, but be unmovable with the things that God has placed on your heart to do. People are going to say, oh, that's a bad idea. Oh, I don't know if I would do that. Okay, that's why you're not doing it. (laughs) Mordecai could have compromised and he chose not to. God honors when we don't compromise. There is a um, scripture in Matthew, Matthew 5, verse 10. Jesus is giving his um, sermon on the mount. And um, verse 10, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. So I was like, okay, what does bless mean? (laughs) You know, we hear things, we hear words all the time, but. For me, I'm like, okay, I've heard this all my life, but I really don't know what it means. Blessed. This is going to blow your mind. The regular definition or dictionary said one of the definitions was endowed with divine favor and protection. Jesus says, because you were persecuted, because you chose to be righteous, according to my name. He said, you are blessed, endowed. It is your birthright to have divine favor from God and protection. Excuse me. Then he said, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Two promises. Be encouraged by that. I think some people, it's like I can't get off of this. Somebody's going through this right now. Like somebody is trying to get you out of doing something for God. And you're being whipped down. And you're being being talked about. Somebody's talking about you. I feel that heavy. Like it's like I can't get off of it. Girl, do what you're supposed to do. Do what you're supposed to do in God. He says that you are endowed. It is your birthright because you are a daughter of him. It is your birthright that you have divine favor and protection. And that yours is the kingdom of heaven. Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I really encourage all of us to read it. I'm going to like really like get into it tonight. But Paul talks about in chapter uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says that for the things, um, 
For the things seen are temporary, but the things unseen are eternal. And he talks about how, you know, we're persecuted, but not abandoned and perplexed, but not something else. For Jesus to tell me, to tell you that because we have been persecuted due to his, due to being righteous under his name, that we will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And that we are blessed, meaning endowed with divine favor and protection. Who is some other person to tell me what I can and cannot do with God? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> that was deep to me. But the other part of that, I was like, well, Lord, what does favor mean? And I, again, went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> and I was like, what is favor? The root, the Hebrew root word for favor is kin, K-H-E-N, kin. What does kin mean? To favor, uh, excuse me, mercy, kindness, graciousness. A privilege and a kindness from God. And then the other, like, that can be used interchangeably in the Hebrew is rasan, which means to delight or take pleasure in. Favor, to delight or take pleasure in. So endowed to you is a grace on your life, a kindness a mercy girl all I can say is you got this <laughs> you got this I gotta let it go I gotta let it go <sighs> we're gonna pray I gotta let it go our prayer point today is that we are not compromising that we do not compromise and then we're going to thank God for his promise that he promised us that anytime that we make a decision and are persecuted because of righteousness, because of who we choose to serve, right? Because we chose him in those moments that he has given us an endowment of divine favor and protection and that he has given us a promise that theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Lord, you are so awesome. You are so awesome. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have placed a seed in us of righteousness. Holy Spirit, we thank you that in the moments that we have to make decisions, Lord, that we are unwavering. That we do not compromise. Lord, help us not to compromise. You are giving us more responsibility and you are entrusting us with more to do. And Lord, we don't want to mess it up. We don't want to compromise. Lord, help us to be unwavering in faith, unwavering in righteousness of you. Lord, open our eyes and help us to see the things that are trying to trap us, the things that are trying to entangle us, the things that are trying to make us stumble. Open our eyes, God, and show them to us. Help us to see. Lord, I pray right now 
every single woman that has been called that that you have called with this Esther anointing Lord God or whoever that they're listening for that we intercede on their behalf God because you are doing a great thing in our lives and Lord we thank you for that we thank you Father we thank you for the blessing we thank you for the endowed favor and protection that you have promised us for we know that you are trustworthy and your promises are true we can rely on you God you will not lie to us you will not go back and forth you change not so we thank you God that when you say something in your word we can take it like we believe it we can truly stand on it. Even if it's not what we see, God, we know that we can stand on it. So, Lord, we thank you for your promise, Jesus, in Matthew 5.10, that blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, Lord, I pray right now for any woman who is being persecuted for choosing you. Lord, I pray right now that they are encouraged in the spirit that theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I thank you for your word. It is saving. Your word is saving. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Encourage us today just in being strong and having the strength of the Lord. I pray, God, because in the moments that people don't like us, it can be hurtful. It can be painful. And God, I pray that we always take our emotions back to your feet, Lord, and we lay them at you. Because you said if we pick up your yoke, it is so much lighter. So thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. And I just pray a blessing over these women, over myself, over this podcast, over this ministry, God. I thank you for every single thing that you are doing in these women. Lord, you are calling them to share their testimony. You're calling them into new friendships, into new relationships. You're calling them into new places and new spaces. And Lord, I just thank you because, Lord, we are seeing in your word, your track record and your track record is that you have a plan and we thank you God that you are not a fly by the hip type of God you have a plan and how special we are to be a part of your plan and for you to bring us into something and already have a plan of how we're going to serve you it means so much to be thought of by you like that Lord so we thank you and we love you And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So that's all for today, y'all. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) I'm like, really? This is heavy on me. This is heavy on me. I believe that someone is being like, like, this is like, I know this is what I needed. But I believe like this is what somebody needed to like keep going. So, amen, God. Love y'all. See y'all tomorrow for day four. Ooh, y'all, we almost there, y'all. Or halfway. We're almost halfway there. I'm loving it. (laughs) Love you. Bye.